Hello and welcome to the Powerless Podcast. Um, in this episode, I talked to Benjamin Rose, who is a member of the indie pop group uh, Cat in the Hurricane out of Madison, Wisconsin. I talked to Benjamin about their start in music, uh, what got them to get involved in kind of joining a band or writing their own solo music, things of that nature. Um, I know Benjamin from actually my time in, in church growing up. So we talk a little bit about that, the origins of where um you know politics and social issues and and the church and things that we grew up with in similar veins um how that all kind of developed to where we are now which we're both in very different places than we were when we were growing up uh we talk about their journey as a drag performer we talk a little bit about um that where that came from as well and the the great things that come from that and the community behind it just kind of a beautiful thing there um, and also, as, as I kind of mentioned uh, just a second ago, talk about the intricacies and the duality of someone like Benjamin, who is actually in seminary school, who is um, queer, who is a drag performer, and also essentially getting a master's degree in, in um, ministry. So we, we talk about a big host of things. I think this episode is pretty interesting. Um, not, a, not a whole lot of inter- intersectional conversations I hear about all these things kind of mashed together. So it was really great to catch up with Benjamin, hadn't talked to them in years. So it was just really cool, other than little things back and forth in social media, um, to actually have a conversation with them and really kind of pick their brain on their beliefs and and also their journey in music. And of course, at the end, we also look at Benjamin's sort of super group that they would be in um, if they could put anybody in their band, which is something I've been doing with a lot of people that people seem to enjoy. So make sure to stick around at the end for that. And we'll also play a song from Cat and the Hurricane at the very end of this uh, recording. So again, thanks to Benjamin for coming on. It was a really great conversation with them, and I just really hope you guys enjoy it. Before we get into the episode, just as a reminder, you can follow me on social media at The Powerless Pod um, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok, again, the last two I don't use as much, but you can still follow there for when things are posted. Um, make sure to reach out to me at thepowerlesspod at gmail.com. I always like to hear from people. I've gotten some great constructive feedback. Also been connected with people who just wanted to get on the show through that as well. So just make sure to reach out to me there. Before we get into the episode with Benjamin, I'm going to plug the same band I've been playing the last several episodes that you should check out, that there will be a clip right here before we get into the episode from the band Wholeheart a metal band from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, their last EP they put out in 2022, Dreams That Die With You, my number one EP of last year. Um, just an absolutely fantastic underrated band from the riffs to the song structures to the lyrical content. Uh, it's a concept EP. You should definitely check that out. Listen to the first episode I did of this podcast with Alec, the guitarist of the band. We kind of dive into what that EP is all about. Just make sure to check out the band. Uh, absolutely fantastic and underrated. And I just want to plug them each time before this episode in case we get a few more eyes on them and kind of grow their fan base a little bit. So before we get into the episode with Benjamin Rose, we're going to play a clip from Wholeheart, a metal band from uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, and then we'll get into the episode. So thanks. So 
am here on the Powerless Podcast with Benjamin Rose, who um, I know from way back, um, <laughs> way, way back in the day, uh, and also uh, is uh, part of the band Cat and the Hurricane, um, is a drag performer under the name Inversha. I've only read that uh, in writing, so I'm saying that correctly, right? Yes, yeah, okay. you got it. Yeah, yeah, and and also you've put out some solo music that at least on Bandcamp I can find a few things we can get into if I'm missing some things. I did go back and listen to them, and they were fantastic. I was really uh, pleasantly, uh, not pleasantly surprised, but I was it was very pleasant to listen to. I really enjoyed it. I listened to Cat in the Hurricane before. Um, I know you're out of Wisconsin. The whole band is out of Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, I know you've been a musician for quite a while. Um, and I also, you know, in case anybody's to know, I would know benjamin from from kind of like a uh growing up in like a sort of similar religious side of things that would be it you know in in correlation with a few things as we get into the music if you're open to talking about i would love to talk about that as well um definitely first to start off after all my rambling right there uh how are you doing today i am doing well yeah i was just working on some music stuff today so i'm in that zone yeah doing good how how are you Great. Thanks. Thanks for asking. I'm yeah. uh, I'm happy we got to do this. It was a, a long day at work for me, but I'm 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 really excited to to get into this because um, there's a few things I've wanted to talk to you about. One, uh, your your band Cat in the Hurricane that and it was a three piece band out of Madison, Wisconsin. Um, all of you have put out uh, a couple of releases together. Seems like you know the the band really um, does have. Uh, I don't know. If, in my opinion, it has a lot of music that. Uh, connects really well while still having really good like pop sensibilities still being original and everything in between so you know um like i said before i've known you a little bit from the past but i really haven't talked to you in in over a decade now um what got you kind of leading up into this band and your own solo music what got you started from you know, whether it's playing music in church or playing you know covered stuff or you know learning something from youtube you know in your in your parents living room or whatever else like what got you from that to starting to do your own music and and starting uh being in this band and doing your solo stuff yeah definitely um yeah it's it was an interesting trajectory because i definitely learned how to play music especially how to play music with other people through church and like being on worship bands and stuff so that was very much where i came up like i took piano lessons with uh, a woman that i knew from my church for like nine years and so that that was my context growing up um and i don't know like it's it is kind of funny because i think people look at me now and especially people who you know have known me for a long time and might think that it's a weird trajectory to end up where I am now, like playing rock music with a bunch of queer people in like dingy bars, (laughs) uh, having gotten to that from like playing on worship teams. But for me, it doesn't feel that disconnected because it's still like, I'm learning how to play with other people trying to like evoke a certain response in the crowd. And like our band does a lot of crowd work. And so to me, that it like feels kind of natural Um, But yeah, I've always like loved writing music, even when I was doing like the worship band thing, like I would write my own melodies and like just play around with it. Uh, I have always been inspired by like the singer songwriter genre, among many, many others. But so that was kind of my start. And I never was just like taking it super seriously. When I went to college, I kind of was like, okay, I'm not focusing on this as a career. So I'm not going to like put all my time and money and effort into it. So 
I was still like jamming with people and I was obviously still like writing, but I wasn't like focusing on it. And it wasn't until I moved uh, back to my hometown after college and I met other musicians, including Kat from Cat in the Hurricane. And that's what kind of sparked. I was like, here's some, like songs I wrote, whatever. And they're like, these are really good. Like we should do something. And so meeting Kat was a huge catalyst for me kind of getting back into it. Um, and that was like five years ago. So then the last five years has been like a whirlwind of, of music stuff. But yeah, I don't know. It was certainly uh, an interesting trajectory. I feel like I can say I've played music in almost every kind of venue that you that could <laughs> exist from like a sanctuary to yeah. like a coffee shop to like a park. It's to like a, a dive buried... bar, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. It's like, I don't know if there's a priest coming to talk afterwards or if someone's doing coke in the bathroom, <laughs> but like either way, I'm here and I'm going to play my instruments. I, like, that's a good. perfect, uh, that's a, that's, I've never heard a better way of describing like a perfect a collection of the venues you can play at. A church yeah. or a dive bar where someone's <laughs> maybe doing coke in the bathroom. That is, yeah, that's yeah. that's that's about that's about exact as diverse as it gets, right? Um, but yeah. uh, but no, that's really interesting. You know, especially uh, where where did you where did you go to school at, Benjamin? Um, so I did my undergrad. I went to school in Southern Michigan. Um, it was a a small college that was like a Christian college, but yeah, yes. And then you moved <laughs> back to to the Wisconsin area get in contact with cat um start cat in the hurricane um and uh i guess in in general like when when you're writing music whether you know i i at least from looking at your band cam which i know isn't where everything is for for solo stuff as an example um you put out songs like a couple of years ago i haven't seen something super recent from it but wh whether it's the solo material or the band um which you play keyboards in and, and do do some vocals in it correct uh um yeah what uh what kind of inspirations do you have when it comes to music is it things from is there anything you know i there's a few things that i could speak to from the more overt christian days that's still you know in my music endeavors which now i do like new metal and metalcore and breakdowns and talk about left-wing politics right. right like i could still state without a fact or with, without a doubt that that without that kind of Christian influence I had or the church influence and in music that I had, I might not be able to do that now, which is really weird to think about, you know? Um, so is any of that still inspire you? Um, and then what are some of the big influences you have when it comes to writing music and performing music? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it definitely does. I think I feel similarly that as to what you just said, that, I guess like growing up around music in the context that I did, I was something that I was drawn to. And I think this was really genuine was that like people wanted to connect to something bigger than themselves. Now yeah. I don't define that in the same way that I did back then, but I, but I still do respect that like people want to find meaning. And so I, I think that's what music does for me too. And I just kind of like stripped away some of the maybe more performative aspects of it. Yeah. But I think I do draw a lot of uh, inspiration in my solo stuff, especially like I, I use that as my my journal in, in a lot of ways. And I haven't put out a lot of that stuff yet. It's mostly like home recordings yeah. on Bandcamp. Um, I've got a lot of stuff that I do live that I've just never like recorded or haven't yet, I should say. Um, yeah, so a lot of that stuff is definitely me working out like sort of the the religious stuff and using a lot of metaphors 
um, from from that world. And yeah. then, uh, yeah. And so, like, for that, it's, it's very much like the singer-songwriter-y thing. But when I met Kat, I think that awakened something in me that I've found that I also really love, which is, like, arranging and producing and, like, taking a song apart. And I, I liked what you said at the beginning, that it's, like, you know, we try to connect with people and try to write things that have deeper meaning, but we're also trying to like have some kind of pop sensibility and like ha- mm-hmm. have a broad appeal to it. Yeah. So when Cat came to me, um, the first Cat and the Hurricane album came out in 2017, mm-hmm. uh, and it was very like folk, indie folk kind of rock vibes and very acoustic. And when Cat and I met, they wanted to do the second project, and they're like, "I want this to sound different. Like, I want this to sound more." poppy or want to just like explore a broader range of sounds and so my role in that was like okay you're giving me this song where you've written the lyrics you've written the chords but you want it to like explore different sounds and so I got to help like pick apart all the different parts and like add in a bunch of keyboard stuff and bass stuff and just I don't know I love taking the the bones of a song Mm -hmm. and, and figuring out what can make it stand out and Cat has written most of the lyrics and, and chords and yeah. stuff for most of the Cat and Hurricane stuff, but we've started collaborating a lot more um, awesome. and I've gotten to write some stuff that's not out yet, but that kind of merges those two things where I'm like re- still drawing from my sort of background and influences, but bringing into, you know, the genre that all of us kind of are in now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it makes a lot, you know, there's, it's kind of cool to be in both worlds because I've, I've done that as well where you know, you might do a couple of music projects. One's your own kind of baby when it comes to like the lyrical content. Yeah. Cause like we all, you know, I don't know. Some people are different. Some people like to just like really get into the music writing process. And I absolutely love that. You know, obviously I don't know if you can see, but I've got all my guitars in the background and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, I'm all about that. But like, I love writing lyrics and like, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's really cool to write your own songs in the sense of what the words are and what maybe people get out, get the meaning out of, but also it's cool in your instance with cat and the hurricane, which I've been a part of things like that too, where you're more of somebody that comes in and gets to, you know, somebody I'm guessing she may become, or sorry, they come, they come into, uh, 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 with, with like a very basic idea. Right. And then the other two members get to help put their perspective on it. Um, yeah. And there's something really fun about that, that when I first started doing music, I always wanted to be the person that was like, no, this is the song. It's about this book I read when I was 15 or, (laughs) or it's about this issue I care about or whatever. But there's also such a fun aspect about like somebody comes to you with their idea and you get to put a whole new like texture onto it. Right. Like that's still fulfilling in a really real way when it comes to music. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, so looking at when I, when I get back over here and I'm looking at a little bit of some of the music that cat and the hurricane has put out. Um, I know that, like you said, you've been a part of them, part of that group since you said 2017. Is that about right? Yeah. 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 I think um, end of 2017. And you've done that. You've also done things like a, a podcast that had a few episodes in it that I listened to that I really enjoyed. Um, I thought it was pretty informative in a lot of really cool ways. Um, and still really entertaining. And then you've, like you said, done your own solo things. I also want to talk a little bit about, and we can kind of get into all these things branching off, but what, you know, I've communicated with you a little bit through social media over the years. And what I found interesting, and I've had another episode on the show of somebody that is uh, very 
uh, devoutly Christian that I had on. It's a metal band called Silent Planet that they, the, their, their, their vocalists, you know, went to, um, went to school. Part of it was like learning theology and everything else. And, um, yet is a very like left-wing progressive band that talks about issues. Like one of their songs was literally about like the, the whole rising issue in like 2019 of, of like trans homeless youth and like all these different things and like all this kind of stuff and putting in the context still of their Christian beliefs. And that's what I found interesting with talking with you in the past is like, there's a lot of people like me, I think that grew up in like a right wing conservative, you know, if you don't want to throw right wing on it, but conservative, you know, evangelical church denomination or individual church or whatever. And they grow apart and they become an atheist or an agnostic and go left that way. And you're kind of like, in that camp, which is very much what I became after, you know, 18 years in the church where when I, at least what I've followed from you from social media, when I've talked with you on some of these issues that you and I are pretty aligned on, you are still pretty, uh, if you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you're still very connected into the Christian faith. And if I remember right, are you, aren't you taking classes actually still in the realm of theology and um, yeah, I don't know if it's seminary or if it's a continuing classes or what, but, um, yeah, it, yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a seminary. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, so and, I'm, and that, I'm in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're, you're in it, in it. You know, there's, there's plenty of people that have had pastors that didn't even go to seminary school. It's like, right. You know, the, the graduate degree for being a pastor. Right. So, um, I guess, if you're open to talking about this, that's fine. If not, we can continue on and we'll talk about music and your drag performances and everything else. But I guess what, what started for you? Um, if we, you can go back as far as you can, whether it's college or earlier or whatever, where you, you had your faith, you had the, the same denomination you and you and I pretty much still grew up in. Um, and yet you begin to have these, these beliefs, whether it's with your um, own actual idea, identity i i don't mean belief in that regard but your own actual identity or the certain right. beliefs you have now that would many people would consider maybe more left or more progressive or whatever buzzword you want to throw on it um can you kind of point to a time where that growth happened for you and just kind of speak to that a bit i think it's really interesting yeah no definitely and i i think it's interesting too and it, it i appreciate you asking it in that way and your initial pitch to me i was like ooh, this is exciting because i don't often get to like draw the lines from one thing to another because I do feel like I wear a lot of hats and like I you know like I'm always trying to be authentically who I am but there are some ways in which I'm like the person I am in venue spaces and the person I am in drag spaces and the person I am at school um and for me they're all the same person but I understand other people like perceive them differently because of you know I yeah but Yeah. So I, as you said, like grew up in a conservative, you know, I would call it right wing. Like it wasn't like my family, especially is not like the, the way out there conspiracy theory, right wing, but definitely their beliefs are, you know, in that realm of, of Mm. conservatism. And for me, it's interesting because I, I think I've fluctuated a lot between those spaces. Like you said, a lot of people end up just like, you know becoming agnostic or atheist or leaving altogether and i i've like every other day i'm there <laughs> like yeah. i changed my mind every day i feel like but i went to um so yeah I, I went to college and i my 
undergrad degree is technically in pastoral ministry, which is a fun, a fun like trivia, but yeah. <laughs> and and worship arts. And so I was there and it took me about like six months of being at college before I realized that I was queer and that I realized like, oh, this is not a place that sees all of who I am. Like it took me six months tops because I grew up so sheltered mm -hmm. that I just didn't know that there was other ways to be. And as soon as I went to college and met other people with like different life stories, even though it was still like the safest college I could have gone to because it was the same denomination as what I grew up in. Right. There were just other people there who had other life experiences to share. And I was like, oh shit, like I don't have to be this one thing. Um, so that kind of happened right away. But then I was still closeted from sort of closeted throughout college. I was would like slowly come out to friend groups and things. And my senior year, I made a big deal to come out to like the administration. Um, and that was fun. But <laughs> throughout all of it, I guess I, I was still drawn to studying religion. And I think what clicked for me was like my senior year, I came out and I just... I think I stayed out of spite <laughs> at that point <laughs> because I was like, I'm not going to let these people define what it means to be like interested in religion and yeah. spirituality. Um, and then I had some years where I was like kind of back and forth. And, and now where I'm at is like, I'm, so I'm doing this graduate program and it's not and to be as brief as possible, there's like a lot of seminaries offer either MDiv programs, which is a master of divinity, which like, is the qualifying degree to be a pastor or a priest or something. And, but a lot of them will also offer like an MA, just a master of arts. So that's what I'm doing um, because I want to like write and teach and do research. It's so funny because right. I'm at a seminary and the last term paper I just finished for finals was like this 20 page paper about how evangelicalism is a cult. So I'm like, <laughs> I love it. You know, I'm I love like, it. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm at seminary. And so people say that and then I'm like, huh? I'm like, don't worry. I'm like, I'm still, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. we agree well, on all the things that matter. <laughs> but, well, it, it's just, you know, it is, it is interesting in the respect of like, and this is why, this is one of the reasons it was actually after I had this conversation with this other band that I was talking about that I thought of actually contacting you because I, I was like, I feel like we might have somewhat of a similar conversation in that, you know, even recently in my own life, like I'm not dissuading on what I believe in. Like I don't believe in right. what I grew up with. Right. But my opinion has changed on what the problem is, I guess, you know, because I used to view whether it was, you know, and a, a big opening moment for this was when one of my close friends in college kind of went back to his, religion of islam and is you know both he's he's a communist and he's yeah and he's also devoutly muslim muslim and hmm. and when when he kind of explained to me how that was and then i had this conversation with you know one of my favorite metal bands where the guy's a devoutly christian left progressive person i thought of like who i know personally and and it was just it came across with you because you know there's been a lot of things and news that i've seen you talk about that i've also probably talked about or you know yelled about is a more accurate description right. <laughs> where you feel like you're at odds with with that belief but it's really not about your your spiritual belief it's about what you do with it and what you pull from and what the context is of like the scripture you're following and and everything in between it's really more about how you live your life for other people right or your overall outlook um and so I know, like, you're talking a little bit about how you critique evangelicism, call it a cult, which I loved. I loved that that was a paper you turned in in seminary. Um, but 
what um it, it was there a was there a moment for you i guess or or, or where do you kind of wrestle with that i guess in a sense of like are there still things you know you talk about critiquing these things are there still things that you legitimately pull from your spiritual beliefs on this stuff that like still resonate with you and where do you think the dichotomy of that is do you think it's like and this is a stupid kind of big heady question but but like you know what what do you think like the disconnect is there between what you value you know how it kind of works with your faith and how people somehow have that faith and have the opposite reaction do you get what i'm saying like it's kind of a mumbled question yeah. but no i think i i get it and like you know, I could talk about this for days, but I'm here for I think, it. I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I love it, and like, you know, I, I think, I think the one thing that I will say that I think answers your question is, is that for me, there's a lot of things about religion in general, not just Christianity, but religion that I can't get away from because I'm so fascinated by it. Like, I have a very like sociologically minded brain. Yeah, like I'm yeah. just so fascinated by humans and yeah. how humans behave in groups, especially. And so like it was going to college and especially in this graduate program, which is like a more progressive school. They're mm -hmm. like a progressive Christian school, quote unquote. <laughs> but um, like learning about other religions and learning about historical traditions of Christianity that aren't evangelicalism. Like I have a, had a history of Christianity class where we were talking about Egyptian Christians and Ethiopian Christians who were like, had their own theologies and had their own ideas of what counted as like true orthodoxy that were completely different from what the Roman Catholic church was saying, but what the Roman Catholic ch church said ended up becoming like the universal right thing and so they're like all of these african christians are heretics and you have to you know acquiesce to what we believe and like just learning about all these different traditions it's like oh i i've like been able to separate in my mind at least for me that it's like religion has been an influence in societies throughout history and there must be a reason for that now that yeah. doesn't mean like it's hard because i i'm like if someone asked me if I believe in God, I don't know how to answer that question. And the evangelicals would say, well, that means you're not a Christian. But for me, like the Christian tradition has been full of people who don't believe any of the things that evangelicals believe about. You must say this sinner's prayer and cry, and then you are in. Yeah. <laughs> and then where, you can where, treat people however you want. Where, <laughs> like, where, where even is that? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, yeah, that's yeah. like not, no, yeah. We made that up in like 1850. I yeah, know, but yeah, right, right. <laughs> like, I, you know, I'm just like, I'm a history nerd too. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, I, I look back at all these previous expressions. And I'm like, okay, there's something that in almost every culture, in almost every era, there's some kind of like communal spirituality or religion that means something to those people. So when I look at my own context, like being raised in Midwestern United States in the century that we're in, like, I know that I am shaped by Christianity, whether I want to be or yeah. not, like that's just what shaped me. So I guess when I claim Christianity, I'm doing it more in like a, this is just a matter of fact, like the thing that has made me who I am. Mm -hmm. Do I believe that Jesus was a real person who died and raised from the dead? Probably not yeah. <laughs> most days. Um, I mean, it's possible weird shit has happened <laughs> in the world, but some could say weirder uh, even, right? Yeah. Right, right. Like, I, I don't know. But 
But also for me, that question, and this is where I'm going to be a heretic for anyone who is does call themselves a traditional Christian and for some reason listens to this, but like, <laughs> I don't think that question matters for me yeah. and for my own journey and my like journey as a person, whether or not Jesus was a real person that lived and died and whatever, like that just truly doesn't matter to me. I care about like how, whatever you claim, whether that's Christianity or Islam or, or atheism, like that, whatever you believe helps you be a kinder, more like better, yeah. more generous person. Right. So like, right. And that sounds cliche, but I'm just like, I care more about what you, how, what you believe impacts how you live. And that can be whatever you want it to be. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I but. mean, I, I absolutely agree. I think, and that's kind of where like, in you know, like I said, in my own opposite trajectory on this stuff that like, I've come back around to that idea because it's like, it's not like believing, you know, to me, it's not like believing or not believing in some specific thing anymore means you're innately you know where your morality or where your ethics lie right because like right you know we we've, you, you could you can see in real time i mean we could probably just google news stories right now that would exemplify exactly yeah. what i'm talking about right so <laughs> yeah. on, on any side of the spectrum so like um it, it is i think it's just like an interesting thing that like you can you know like you've done all this uh all this you know academic work in theology and, and everything in between. And, you know, I grew up in a lot of those things as well. And I, I've read so much on my own on the opposite end of the spectrum. And then you kind of just come back to this place of like, it just kind of matters if you're a piece of shit or if you're a good person. Right. Yeah. Like, it's really funny yeah. how like all of that reading and all that education, and I'm not saying it's not pointless. What I'm saying is like, it can really kind of bring you more back to a simple truth, you know? Definitely. Yeah, no, I found the same thing. And that's why I, even though when I'm at like a bar doing at a drag show or a concert or something and people are like, Oh, what do you do? And I'm always like, okay, well I am in <laughs> seminary and you know, their face. And I just have to be like, <laughs> at the end of the day, we're on the, like, as long as we all come back to the same thing that it's about ethics and it's about, you know, like how you move through the world. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I just, I just like studying history and I like studying religion, uh, of, but of course, yeah. of course. And I think it takes, yeah, it probably takes way too. There's no way to sum that up in like a two sentence <laughs> small talk. Nope. <laughs> Literally no chance. way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, you, you bring up your drag performing. Um, I just wanted to ask when, when did that start for you? When, when did it kind of, you know, seem like something that was really like a, you know, I, you know, I, I honestly, to be, to be blunt, I don't know, obviously a whole lot about the intricacies of it, you know, other than I think it's an amazing thing for people to do to express themselves, but where did that come from for you? And, and, and I know it's grown from a whole thing that you actually host a night. I don't know how often in, in yeah. Madison, right. And everything else. So kind of speak to what, what's, when, when did that start for you and, and where did that kind of come from? Yeah. Yeah, um, so I started performing as Inversia in 2019, um, but I first started, like, becoming a fan of drag, like, right when I came, left college. Um, I, like, didn't know a whole lot about it, and one of the first friends that I made when I moved back home, because, like, I moved back home to my hometown after college, but all of the friends that I had in high school were not necessarily people that I wanted to let. Yeah. Like I made a new group of friends because a lot had changed for yes. me. Yes. Um, and so one of the first friends that I made was a drag performer, is a still a drag performer and introduced me to like RuPaul's Drag Race and like all of these things and would like, we went to the bars. And so it was my first time really experiencing it. And I was like, wow, this is a really cool, like, again, 
all of these pieces for me are connected because I was like, oh, I already like being on stage. Like I already enjoy that. But I, it's like the fun of it, the draw of it for me was like, you get to create your own character and you get to create your own personality. Um, At least that's what it is for me. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, there's a, the, there's a club in Madison. That's kind of like my home bar that does drag like five nights a week. And it's just a super cool place that became kind of like a a home and a community for me when I moved here. And they, they had a night that was like a open stage that was for like the drag version of an open mic. And so I, I got my start doing that. Um, and then obviously a pandemic happened, uh, <laughs> but yeah, now I've, I've kind of gotten back into it over the last year or so. And I, I host, um, the, a different form of basically that open mic type of show oh, cool, cool. for newer performers, um, on Tuesdays. And yeah, it's cool. It's a lot of fun. It's like just another way for me to, to like express myself on stage and, uh, yeah, I don't know, again, creating, an experience for an audience. That's, I feel like the thread that runs through all of it. So would you say when you, when I, you know, circling it back to music a little bit, um, and I haven't asked too many people this question, but it's something I always think about because everybody always has a different answer when I talk to them, like not recording something. Um, it's your favorite aspect of music, the, the songwriting aspect, um, the production aspect of actually seeing a song come to life in real time or the live performance aspect of it. Like what, what kind of like pulls you and gets you to keep doing original music, I guess, you know? Oh, that is a good question. I don't know if there's one that like stands out from the rest for me. Cause like all of them, can get really tedious like especially the, like i love the product like i said earlier i do love the production and putting a song together but it can also be really tedious and sometimes i'm not patient enough to be like okay we you know we gotta send this back for one more go because something's mm-hmm. not right and then you're like oh maybe we try adding this other part which is fun but can be exhausting and same with performing it's like there's nights that are amazing and there's nights where it's like oh, i wish i was in bed at <laughs> nine o'clock uh, yeah and not yeah starting, if not, not earlier show at nine yeah, o'clock yeah yeah if you're lucky yeah um, yeah right yeah that's that's hmm. funny no yeah i know it's kind of it's kind of it's one of those things i don't know because it's it's so funny like i've i remember i had never even thought about this but i was listening to a music podcast not that long ago of like a you know a band that that that's touring or whatever and the guy was asked what the worst part about being in a band was and he said <laughs> making music videos. And I was like, yeah, that sounds terrible. Ooh, you know, that's yeah, a good one. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, so you just never one. know. Cause, cause yeah, like the production side of things can be, can be fun. But when you're on like your 16th edit of some right. mix or, or <laughs> yeah. you want to add something in, you're like, God damn it. Like, can we move on? Like we've heard this song so yeah. many times. I don't even care about it anymore. You know? So, um, but yeah, no, I, I totally get it. Uh, I guess one one other thing I wanted to ask you in in regards to you know with with performances and everything, um, and again you know you can tell me if this is but I just I just find these these conversations fascinating. Like since you've been doing drag performances, since you've been you know more more out and open with yourself with time with growing up in the community that you've grown up in, what has what has kind of if you don't mind me asking, what has kind of the reaction been from people that you used to know was that a tough transition for you um and and just kind of speak to the, the piece of that if you don't mind yeah Ooh, that is uh, i know i know i know yeah. sorry <laughs> no 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 it's a good question i i don't mind at all i it's definitely changed over time now that i um honestly i think the pandemic obviously was 
was difficult for all of the yes. things that yes. you know ways it was for everyone um but i think being able to discon de- like disconnect from the world for a bit and come back out into the world has definitely changed my perspective on like what's important and i feel like i i give much far fewer shits about what other people think now than I did when I first was out and started performing. But I, I think that like at the beginning it was so, so, okay, here's just like a a short story, but it was so funny because when I first came out, I was like one of three people on my college campus that were publicly out. I had a group of friends and like a lot of us were, like not super, super open with professors and the administration because they were conservative and had stupid rules. Um, But in the like couple years after I graduated, I would get messages just like out of the blue from on like Facebook or Twitter or whatever from someone that I went to college with that I hadn't talked to since graduating. And every time I saw a name of like someone I wasn't super close to, I'm like, they are either messaging me to ask me how I justify being queer and Christian or they are messaging me to come out to me as well. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it was like once a month there would be a message and it was like a 50, 50 flip of which one it would be. Yeah. And so many people. And like now I feel like everyone that I know that I went to college with is queer in some way, which (laughs) is just funny, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. That was like at the beginning. And now now that more time has passed, I don't get that too much. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of feel like everyone either went through a similar trajectory as me and, and you and like, I feel like mo- a lot of people in our generation were like, you know, saw through some of the the bullshit and was like, oh, this is not good. Mm-hmm. And I just know a lot of people who you know move to the left every year of their life <laughs> yes <laughs> <And> yeah <laughs> like so either they're that or people have like unfriended me and blacked me and moved on there are still some some people where i'm like oh i'll like every once in a while i'll see a name i'm like oh we're still facebook friends yeah i wonder <laughs> if you see see what i post and i wonder i wonder maybe it's how buried you by the algorithm <laughs> like, are you, you praying know? for yeah. me like what is yeah that? right <laughs> like, are you following to kind of share to other people what's going on here you know like right yeah. um no i totally get that uh but you know, it it kind of it kind of goes back to the point of like I guess I, another question I, I have for you when it when it comes to theology and religion in relation to some of these topics and also your kind of progressive views and everything is is there any like literary influences you've had that you've read? You know, obviously you've done a lot of academic reading on the subject um, that you, that you've read that kind of like opened your eyes to this kind of side of things in regards to like more progressive political ideology, different looking at with the religious lens or anything of that nature? Oh, definitely. Ooh, that's such a good question. I wish I would have made a list because I could have given you a list probably because I'm blanking right now. But um, I think it happened kind of in like stepping stones Mm -hmm. that each one felt safe. And then I eventually ended up where I was at because there was (laughs) like my first my first memory of like reading something that helped it all click was Rachel Held Evans, who was a progressive Christian who unfortunately passed away way too young. But she she wrote a lot about like for the Christian world, but like, hey, you don't have to be homophobic just to, you know, just because you go to church. Hey, you don't have to be all these things. Um, And so I read her books and that was like the first moment where I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've been thinking these things, but someone else is verbalizing them. Um, 
and I had no idea, like, I had no idea that there was people writing about theology from like a leftist perspective mm-hmm. when I was in college because no one. Well, right. <laughs> so I discovered that. And then that was a stepping stone to like discovering like political philosophy and like reading more of just like classics. Again, I'm going to blank on all of, of the specific books, but yeah, I don't know. I just like started really reading history and, and philosophy and things from a variety of perspectives mm-hmm. and not just like Christian philosophy. Yeah. And that definitely was a huge factor. I mean, I'm again, I'm a nerd. So like <laughs> reading has is like how I learn things about the world. Um, yeah, I don't know. I wish I could pinpoint something specific, but no, that's definitely been a huge part of it. I think it's just like seeing that there are many ways to view the world was like mm-hmm. a huge eye opener for me. And that that's what made it all fall apart. Did, and that, <laughs> did that come from your, your undergrad like work at all? Or did that come from just more like independent <laughs> research? Cause you're, you're a nerd like me and you just like to read yeah. stuff, you know? <laughs> um, that's a good, okay. Actually that, that is a good question because interestingly, a lot of it did come from undergrad and there were professors that I had, I always liked to tell people specifically, like when I talk about the the college that I went to, that it was specifically the staff and like administration that was deeply homophobic and transphobic and misogynist in all their policies. Mm. And there were certainly some professors who were on board with that, but there were a lot of professors who were just like, didn't agree, but they weren't super vocal about their opposition because it was a job. Yeah. And like, so I had a lot of professors, weirdly, like a lot of the more progressive folks were in the theology and philosophy department. So I had like professors who introduced me to like Judith Butler and Michel mm-hmm. Foucault and like all these like philosophers. And they're like, you should read this. And they're like, now nah, they're not Christian. So there's Christian like commentary on them, but here's this. And I was like, okay, but what they're saying is making sense to me. Yeah. And you know, so I, so a lot of it actually was from things that I was like assigned to read in undergrad. Um, like I had a, a theology class where it was like, 10 different ways of under like 10 different theological traditions that we studied throughout the semester. And the first few were ones that I had like grown up with. And then they're like, Oh, and then there's also this one called liberation theology, which like comes from Latin America where, you know, uh, Gustavo Gutierrez is a uh, Latin American theologian who wrote, used like Christian theology to fight against capitalism and uh-huh. like fight against oppressors and whatever. And I was like, Oh, okay. We're just going to breeze right past that. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, like, that's just, <laughs> there were revolutions based on Catholicism. People don't like to, you know, right, like right. To talk about so that. I was like, yeah. oh, okay. So it was just presented as like, this is another tradition. I was like, wait, I have more questions about that. <laughs> yeah, wait. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Like, so then, so then that was kind of like the snowball to doing my own kind of reading. But there was a lot of it that started from what I grew up in. I tell people all the time, like, so growing up in, you know, Methodism, like, Specifically, the Free Methodist Church started because people were not okay with like the hierarchies that were existing in the Anglican Church. And I always tell people that because I'm just like, it's like they it's in our history that you could be so good. Like you could, like you could be using that history to be like our history is one of seeing where there's inequality and fighting against it. Mm -hmm. But Instead, they just did that at the beginning and then kind of they just kept things stopped, going stopped. the way they were. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, agreed. Oh, well, and you can see that, you know, I, again, I, I, you know, if if anybody listening to this is into 
religious, you know, religious conversations. I had a recent conversation with my friend Shabir who went to Iran and saw a lot of different things in Iran. And he's, you know, again, a communist Muslim. And he, and he, he talked about just like, you know, if you want to write off, you know, for the leftist side of things, if you want to write off religion entirely, you're writing off like so many important, like, um, you know, fights against capitalism, fights against like oligarchies and oppression, all those kinds of things that were literally centered on like the Catholic faith, like in, in Latin America right. primarily. Right. Or, or, you know, you can look to the middle East and you can see where there were revolutions against like oppressive capitalist oligarchic regimes through Islam. You know what I mean? And like, it's just right. like in a historical context, it's very important to see where like the communal aspect of those things played such a huge role that like, if you didn't have it, like, would they have gotten, right. you know, the advances that they got, which is so contradictory for us because where we live, it feels like it's, you know, at least in the big scheme of things, unfortunately, with Christianity specifically, um, it comes off as the regressive aspect of the country, right? Like, that's why you have, I think in this country and some European countries, you have so much of like the connection between being left and being atheist, right? Or being left and being right. like, overtly anti-theologian or anything like that where it's like that's not how it is everywhere so it's just really what's wrong here like like what the hell is going on here other than that that's making things terrible you know um right so it's just super interesting to read so yeah i could geek out about that all day as well um i don't know have you ever um this will be super interesting for everybody else listening but but have you ever listened to uh or, or read the books from like the christian activist shane claiborne before yes yeah. Okay. I was going to say that was another one that like, I don't agree with everything he says by any stretch of the imagination with like his actual ideologies, but like some of the things right. that he does believe in and that like they push for a whole commune they had literally in the United States and all these things, right. it's just like super interesting to see between that and like the contrast of like the mainstream right wing evangelical movement we've had in this country for at least the last 50 years. Right. Right. Yeah. No, Shane Claiborne is like, was definitely one of those kind of similar camp to Rachel Held Evans where where like now I like they're they're not progressive enough for me yes, <laughs> to be right, on board. Right. But but like from the context to the people they're speaking to for Shane Claiborne's like big thing, I know he wrote a book about the death penalty and I know he wrote a book about all these things where he was just like, What what this doesn't make sense like with our tradition and I don't know. It, it's it's like you said earlier, like we can be on different sides of the spectrum and all end up at a similar place if your goal is just like to see people treated with equality and like autonomy. Because I like if you want to say, well, what is being a Catholic mean? What does Catholicism mean? Well, it means something different to the person who's using it as an excuse to like shoot people who come up to his house in you know, rural Michigan versus what it means for someone in Cuba or like Mm -hmm. Iran or somewhere where it's actually a tool of resistance to Mm -hmm. the oppressor. And, you know, that doesn't negate the fact that like the Catholic church globally has some issues. Oh yeah. Um, That is the, that is the bit, that is like the smallest, like you said that so minimally, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but I love it. But yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, no, I mean, like, I care about what it looks like for you. So, like, you know, this is, you know, to some of the work that I'm starting to for a thesis that I have to write next year. But I'm interested, like, evangelicalism specifically, since that's kind of the movement that I grew up in, 
in the United States is a tool of oppression. And at the same time, that doesn't mean there aren't people in other cultures at other places and times where right. similar belief systems were a tool against oppression. So it's like, I, again, goes back to, I care more about how you're using yeah. it. And, and I just think it's disingenuous for someone living in the United States to be like, yes, Christianity needs to be spread because it's a good thing. I'm like, you need to read the room. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, like, not here. Not here. Yeah, <laughs> but, at least not in the yeah. context of what it is currently, right? Um, right. But yeah, uh, yeah I mean, it, yeah, I mean, I think I think at the end of the day, that's the biggest point people need to drive home is like no one, you know, you and I both just said like not that not that long ago in this conversation that like, you know, it's about what you believe in all that. But like, I don't even know if it's actually for me what you believe. It's what you do with that belief, right? Like, like, yeah, you could have some belief that I don't agree with at all but like if you're just out doing your own thing and not literally affecting anybody's life that's one thing but like that's not what happens right so right so what you're doing with with what you claim to be the biggest you know level of moral hierarchy or philosophy or whatever word you want to throw with it like if all you're doing with that is oppressing people or like or right. like trying to do regressive policies and not doing anything to benefit people, like yeah, that's a problem. But that has nothing to do with like what someone believes, really. That's just policy and yeah. terrible evangelism. But I digress. Um Benjamin, thanks so much for coming on with me on this. I really appreciate it. I have one last question for you, and then we can kind of get into plugging whatever we can for you before this is done. But um I've been asking everybody on this show and like it's 50, 50 people love it or if people hate it, but I'm going to keep doing it. Cause I'm an asshole. Um, you know, say you're not in this band you're doing saying you're not doing your solo stuff or say you're doing your solo stuff and you're picking, let's, let's do it that way. You're doing your solo stuff and you can pick literally any band member living or dead from any, you know, any band you love, any artists you love, anything from, from any spectrum of music. What would essentially be your fantasy league all-star band lineup for your solo music? Uh, <laughs> and you have okay. to answer. I'm not, I'm not going to let you cop out. I've let All a right. couple of people cop out, but you're by yourself <laughs> in this. I'm not letting you cop out. You got you to gotta come up with it. <laughs> All right. My all-star. Mm. Oh, boy. Okay. I think, especially if it was like me doing my solo stuff with the vibes that I want to go for, I think... I've always said that I would love to work with Jack Antonoff uh, because I feel like he, which I might change my answer in a year because I feel like now everybody is on that train because he's like producing everybody's yeah, records. Yeah. But I just, I love like, especially like the bleachers stuff that he did um, and fun and like all of that. Um, I mean, he plays everything. So maybe that'd be my keyboardist. I don't know. <laughs> there but, you go. Jack just have him play everything, cool. just everything. Yeah, yeah, you know? there you yeah, go. Yeah. Oh, it's all pre-recorded. Have, have like one of those stack, <laughs> you know, just like a stack of instruments that they get. You know, he's got to switch to like every every song. It'll be fine. You know. Yeah. Right. Um. Oh boy. I don't know. This <laughs> is so hard. You know, uh, here's the thing though. You can just do it off the cuff and you can regret your answers when you hear this when it comes out there in like you go. a couple okay. weeks, you know? <laughs> I'm going to do like a, a musical collective. Jack Antonoff's going to do all the pre-recorded beats. Going to get Chance the Rapper in there. Hell yes. We're going to have uh, <laughs> Haley Williams. Perfect. And we're going to get... Um, 
Melissa Etheridge can play guitar. How about that? Yeah, yeah, works perfect. Who's yeah. doing Who's doing drums though? Yeah, that's the one I've been like in the back of my head. I'm trying to figure. Out. If you don't know their names, you can still say like the drummer of said band. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Who's paying attention to the drummer really? Am I right? No, right. <laughs> yeah, who knows drummers' names? Um. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Josh Dunn. I'm gonna think of a better answer in like but, you an know, hour. The episode I put out this Josh week, Dunn. which by the way, like just plug for you, anybody that listens to this may have already heard the episode, but the episode I put out when we're recording this, the nineteenth one of uh it's the band OK Cool. I think you would oh, love yeah. them. Like they're they're super, super good. Um you haven't heard them already, but they're one of them picked Josh what I'm saying, one of one of them picked Josh Dunn as well for the drummer and also picked Haley Williams for the vocalist. So there that you go. So like, funny. Yeah. No, yeah. I yeah, Just universally I, acclaimed people a... though. You know what I mean? Yes. Like you can't go wrong with the drummer yeah. of twenty one pilots and the singer of Paramore. Like you just Yeah. And, let alone her solo stuff, but I digress. Like yeah. like so good, you know. So yeah. Works works perfect. perfect. So you got you said jo- you said Joshua Dunn, you said Haley Williams. We said Chance the Rapper. Yes. Um, Who did you uh, say Jack for guitar? Antonoff. Melissa Etheridge. I don't know. It doesn't make sense genre-wise, but it doesn't I want to see what she'll it'll, do. It'll, it's your music. <laughs> They're going to just play what you write anyway. That's right? true. That's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah. Um, She's there for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're all there for you. They don't matter. It's just about you. That's, no, I'm just kidding. Uh. But, all right. So so that's that's a great light-up. I love it. Very eclectic. Um <laughs> Yes. So anyone that that hasn't before, make sure to check out Cat in the Hurricane. You can check them out on Spotify. Check them out on Bandcamp. Check them out, uh, you know, I, I on social media. Um, do you know what, what's the plug for for Cat in the Hurricane specifically for social media? Everything is Cat in the Hurricane, all one word. That's Cat with a K. I think Twitter's different because character limit, but yeah, Cat in the Hurricane, all spelled out. Okay. On pretty much everything. Perfect. And then. Um, uh, last thing, obviously you can plug where people can find you, I suppose as well. Right. If you want to do that. And then, uh, I always play a song at the end of this. You can pick one of the solo ones. You can send me something if you want to, or you could pick a uh, cat in the hurricane song. So, uh, tell people where they can find you and what song you want to play. Awesome. Yeah. So you can find me. I'm pretty much everywhere. My handle is mix Benjamin Rose, M X Benjamin Rose, all spelled out. Um, I also have a website. It's mixbenjaminrose.com. And I post all of the things I'm doing because I know I do a lot of different things with the drag and the music and everything. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the hub for all of that. Um, and then I do drag as in Versha, which is I-N-V-E-R-T-I-A. Um, and I have an Instagram profile for that as mm-hmm. well. Um, and the song, ooh, uh, I feel like go with a classic and play Sorry That I'm Like This by Cat and the Hurricane. That's actually one of the first songs that I co-wrote lyrics for. So Cat and I collaborated on that one. Um, and it's still still very, very proud of it. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll play um, the song from... What, sorry, what was, the, what was the title of it? I just want to make sure. Uh, sorry That I'm Like This. Sorry That I'm Like This from Cat and the Hurricane. Um, Benjamin, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you ever want to come back on and talk these things again, I'm always open to it. And uh, thanks for your time, man. Uh, thank, thanks so much. Yeah, for- thanks so much. Thanks yep. for having me.